Get ready to enjoy an earful of auditory indulgence as you explore Tom Moon's book, 1,000 Recordings to Hear Before You Die, presented in cooperation with Workman Publishing. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 1,000 Recordings Podcast, episode 12. I'm your host, Anthony Joseph Landman, and with me, as always, is the sultry Mitchell Davis. Sultry. (laughs) Okay. We're reaching now. (laughs) I don't know. My wife probably thinks I'm sultry. I hope hope she thinks I'm sultry. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) How you doing? I'm good, man. You doing okay? Yeah. Yeah. Everything's cool. Doing good. Um, Looking forward to getting into this music, uh, much of which... I'd never heard. I'd never heard any of this except the Beach Boys. So even Bauhaus, I'd never heard. Yeah, um, I, I knew knew Bauhaus and and then the Beach Boys too, definitely. But the 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 initial two artists, I believe, we're going to talk about. I I was totally unfamiliar with with those guys. So. Yeah. So this week we're going to look at music by Valdemar Bastos, then the Cuban group Batacumbele. Then uh, the English sort of proto-goth band, I guess, uh, Bauhaus. Yeah. And then uh, the kind of legendary American rock band, the Beach Boys. And uh, really different, (laughs) really, really different stuff um, on this week. (laughs) Uh, Very, very eclectic mix. And um, the first two, like I said, the first two, well, actually, I guess the first three, um, Valdemar Bastos, uh, Batacumbele, and Bauhaus—I had never heard before. Or that I, you know, heard more about Bauhaus because obviously there was people. There have been people in my past that I've known that liked Bauhaus, which is just for some reason I—I I don't know. I never listened to Bauhaus. I never checked them out. I don't know why, but I just never did. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely not. They're not for everybody. You know, just uh, kind of, you know, like you said, de- definitely like, you know, goth before people really talked about, you know, goth in, in music sense, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, definitely very talented guys, uh, you know, Peter Murphy, um, David J, Daniel Ash, who, you know, he's just he's just one of those guitar players. He, he just has some some incredible things he does with a guitar. I mean, you know, but, um, but yeah, they, they have a very, very dedicated following, so to speak. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's start with, uh, our first album, Valdemar Bastos, his album, Preta Luz, which, uh, apparently means black light in, oh, okay. uh, in Portuguese. Uh, so this guy had a really, really, well, not had he he has had a really interesting life, um, which has informed his music. He was born in Angola, in uh, Africa, and during his oh, I, it's maybe early twenties, he fled that country due to uh, some social and political unrest. I think that oh yeah, it kind of continues is- today. Yeah, exactly. They're always in in a state of unrest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, he figured, you know, uh, he was he was apparently arrested and thrown in jail when he was in high school. That was his first uh, kind of run in with uh, 
the authorities. And I guess what had happened is that uh, there were some uh, flyers or pamphlets being passed around his school. And because the authorities had no idea who had done it or who was responsible, they just grabbed whoever was near and threw him in jail. And mm-hmm. he had uh, nothing to do with it, or he he says he had he had nothing to do with it, and he spent you know months in jail um, for this when he was a teenager. And anyway, um, he could kind of see the writing on the wall, so he fled to Portugal, and uh, he was in Portugal for a while, and then from there he went to Germany, and then from Germany he went to Brazil, and then from Brazil you know back to Portugal, and I mean he's just sort of. Because of this, you know, uh, of fleeing his country, he became uh, this very international person. Um, yeah. And you can really, really hear that in his music. You can hear all this stuff. You can hear the African influence. You can hear the um, uh, the Portuguese influence. You can hear the Brazilian influence. All this stuff you can hear in his music. Yeah, and the, the international uh feel on the record you know is, is well suited for the, the the label that this particular record i think is on is uh david burns uh, uh luaka bop label yeah which he you know you know started years years ago where he just had a you know a, a passion for world music and you know decided to you know start this label which a lot of people you know at first were kind of scratching their heads going you know why you know and I'm sure he was, you know, why not? And, you know, they're, they're still going today, you know, very independent, you know, very, 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 you know, decent material that comes off that label. So many different artists, you know, and, and, and Valdemir is with someone, like you said, I, I had never heard of him before. And uh, he, he just has such a great voice and, and such a great style about him. I, you know, was really glad to to be exposed to his music. Yeah, I, I really li- I like it as well. Um, yeah, that was something interesting. In ni- the 90s seemed to be kind of like this explosion of world music, at least in this country. Yeah. Um, and there was th- these labels, like you talked about, David Byrne's label, and there was also uh, Peter Gabriel's label, right? Yeah, Real World, yeah. Yeah, that re- released a lot of important, um, uh, you know, records. I I pretty sure there's at least a couple of records in this book from that label um, that we'll eventually get to. But the first track that we're going to listen to of Valdemar Bastos is Mushima. It looks like it's spelled Muxima, but it's uh, pronounced Mushima. Um, And uh, this is just a kind of subdued tune with uh, his really awesome voice. Bastos has a really great voice. Um, and as just him singing with a few kind of nylon string guitars as accompaniment, um, what do you think of this track? Again, like you said, just the guy can really sing. I mean, just a very beautiful voice. You know, apparently he's been singing since he was a little kid. Uh, his his parents, I think they were nurses, uh, both of them. But they, you know, one I think his father was 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 more of the musician because he had instruments around the house that that, uh, you know, he would pick up his father's instruments and play them. And I think there's a story on his website where his dad came in and caught him playing something one day that, you know, an instrument of his he wasn't supposed to be playing. And, you know, instead of getting upset, he he encouraged the trade and, you know, bought him an accordion. And I think he he started there and, and then this kind of went on. And, um, you know, just 
the 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 guy can just really really sing. I mean, I I, I love I love his voice. Just a, a very very melodic, you know, tone that comes from him. You know, just great sounds. Yeah, and I I I ex, um I don't know. I, I'm kind of guessing that this music falls more under the Fado category. Uh, this is like uh, well. Tom Moon describes it in his book as the blues of Portugal. Um, this song sounds a little, you know, not American bluesy, but what I would consider, you know, a little bit bluesy, if that makes it any sense at all. Um, but yeah, Fado, I, I don't really know Fado, so I can't really say for sure, but um, maybe if some listener out there wants to say, yeah, yeah, this is Fado, or you know, it's not. Yeah, De- definitely rooted in Africa. I, I mean, I would, I would say that. I mean, it may, may be kind of bluesy, but, but almost like a, you know, storytelling type blues or folk like blues. You know, yeah, yeah. It rooted, rooted definitely, definitely has an African feel about it. So, okay, well, let's check it out. This first track uh, from Voldemort Bastos. This is Mushima. Si wanga mbe wanga wamye Kungibeke kwa Santana Si dizes que eu sou feiticeiro Leva-me então a Nossa Senhora Watorila Jimujibie Watorila Jimujibie Waturila simujibie mama Watibila jikasoka mwa Waturila simujibie Waturila simujibie Waturila simujibie mama Watibila jikasoka mwa Mushima, 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 And we just heard Mushima by Valdemar Bastos. And we're going to move on to the second track, Kurabata. Um, this track, for me, sounds very international. So I, I mentioned before that you can really hear all these international influences in his music. The Brazilian, uh, the African, the Portuguese, all this stuff. And you can really, really hear it in this track. Um, for This is a little bit more upbeat. It's for the full band. Uh you know, as opposed to uh, Mushima. 
Uh, what'd you think of this one? Yeah, it's just what you said. I mean, it, I think it's just a great example of, of showing what he's about and, and where his influences come from and, and kind of being, you know, you know, basically like a musical refugee, you know, picking up things from, you know, Brazil and, and, and from Africa and, and, and obviously Europe and, and, you know, London where he was. And, you know, I think, uh, I think he was in Libsyn, uh, and it just all sorts of things that, that he was able to kind of bring into, you know, what he was already about. And, um, you know, I, I, I like the the upbeat nature. You know, it it, it kind of like you said, it has a definite definite international feel where you 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 hear all kinds of things going on. And um, you know, like I said, just great sounds from this guy. You know, really really glad that uh, you know it was it was one of those things included in the book because I I, I never would have thought to to listen to him or, or even look for him before this. So. Oh yeah, me either. And just one cool kind of story. I thought you know he's. Um, this album was released in 98, but he continues to tour and record albums, you know, today. And one kind of cool story I, I thought was um, at one point after he had been to all these different countries, living in all these different countries and uh, meeting musicians, recording and playing music in all these different countries, uh, he had gone back to Angola uh, during a, I think, a, a kind of brief moment of stability and played a concert there. And, you know, when he left Angola, he was a, a little-known musician just kind of fleeing the country. When he came back to do this concert, um, he played this concert for 200,000. Wow. In Angola, you know, and everybody in the crowd were waving uh, white handkerchiefs and and going crazy. And so, wow, you know, that's that's quite a homecoming. Yeah, nice know? to come home as, as a hero, you yeah. know, and yeah. instead of somebody just fleeing for your life you know yeah and it's yeah, yeah this that it's it's tough over there man it's it's just just a lot of bad blood that's gone back for so many years and you know ugh. <laughs> well yeah and that's the thing even after that shortly after that concert he had to flee the country again yeah because things yeah. got volatile and he even said that if he wouldn't have fled the country again at that point um he wouldn't be alive right now so, yeah. I mean, that's how volatile things are. But uh, anyway, let's check out this last track from Valdemar Bastos. Uh, this is Kurubata. Gostas muito de falar Gostas de falar dos outros Gostas muito de falar Gostas de falar dos outros demais Tua beleza é uma língua Essência da maldicência Tua beleza é uma língua Essência da inveja Curibota, curibota Seu invejoso é Curibota, curibota Não tens vergonha Curibota, curibota Seu invejoso é 
sai suja Teu olhar é mal olhado Vê se bem teu coração Tanta malícia, tanto veneno Onde passa e suja Teu olhar é mal olhado Vê se bem teu coração Tanta malícia, tanto veneno And we just heard Curabata from Valdemar Bastos. And we're going to move on to another band that would, well, I guess probably be labeled world music again in this country, at least. Yeah. Um, uh, Bata Kumbele uh, from Cuba. And uh, Bata Kumbele, I guess, came about um, playing this. Uh, their music is centered around these drums called the Bata drums which I guess were originally uh, used in religious ceremonies only uh, of Santoria. That's that religion that um, often uses sort of chickens and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sort of sacrifices chickens and, and stuff like that. Um, so these instruments were considered, or these drums were considered kind of sacred uh, mm. and they were not used really in popular music and uh, when Bata Kumbele came around uh, they kind of mixed this uh, Bata and uh, other Cuban genres uh, to- together you know like conga and uh, Bata and all this stuff so uh, yeah into one sort of hole that became really really popular in Cuba yeah um, so this this album, uh, I should mention this, I keep forgetting. Uh, their, their album uh, in the book is called Con Un Poco de Songo. Um, and this was released in 1989. So, I don't know, what are your impressions of this record? Yeah, and I, one thing I want to say is I think I think they, they, they definitely had a mix of, of, well, I guess what you call Afro-Cuban rhythms. And oh, yeah. I, I think you said that they, they were Cuban. I think some of the guys were from Puerto Rico, actually, um, I'm, in the band. I'm sorry. And, you're right. I I totally uh, made a mistake there. It is Puerto Rico, not... Yeah, but, but the, they... The, um, the Santoria religion is Cuban, but, yeah, the band is Puerto Rican. You're right. Yeah. Thank you. yeah. They, they apparently are very, very popular there in, in, in Puerto Rico. I mean, just huge and i again you know one of those groups i never heard of and thought to myself you know after listening to some of the clips i was like let me see if i i want to check out a, a live clip of them like on stage and they're they're pretty tough um you know just a very big band um usually you know three guys up front one guy on horn actually a couple guys on horn and then lots of percussion and um you know, just awesome rhythm. I I think about um, there's a guy named Mongo Santa Maria, who uh, who's like a kunga player. That when I first listened to their music, that's the first person that came to my mind. Um, and, and he's he is from Cuba, I believe. Uh, just you know, the the same kind of mix of African and and Caribbean or or Cuban rhythms that uh, that are fused together in in, in this group. And um, you know. Really, really upbeat, hot, if you will, hot, hot sounds. I mean, just yeah. you know, they're they're smoking. I mean, I the the clip that I watched of them, you know, they they they're a very, very good band, very good. 
Oh, yeah, man. I mean, this first track that we're going to listen to, La Pie, um, it has some very cool things. And then one thing that I just I personally thought was a little strange, the incorporation of Oh Susanna into the <laughs> yeah. music. I, yeah, I thought... I, was I noticed like, that. <laughs> yeah, that was... I just thought that was really... I don't know. I, I didn't know how to take that. I was like, I don't know. That's strange to me. But anyway... Well, in a way, it's... <laughs> When whenever I've I've you know heard people talk about music, especially selling music, you want a hook, you know, and and that I mean that can mean something that somebody is already familiar with, you know, where you you almost deliberately copy something or something that you kind of take and make your own, but people are like you know I think that's all that is. That's just a just a hook, just because obviously it, it 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 Gary grabbed your attention, it grabbed mine too, you know. Yeah. And um. You know, I, I think that may be all that 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 was, you know, is just to kind of, you know, kind of get you into the the scheme of what they were trying to do. So, yeah, it could be. I mean, it, the song starts off with these tuned drums and uh, the drums are, are tuned so well that, you know, you can actually hear the melody of Oh, Susanna in just the drums. This just mm. this drum intro, um, you can hear the melody. And uh, but yeah, in the song, when it gets into the song, um, yeah, this this drum, like the, all these drummers just form this really complex tapestry mm-hmm. of rhythms and all in sync, too, which is, like yeah. I said, that's that's uh, tough. Incredibly. That's not easy. Yeah, it's it's very tough. I mean, they're super tight. And, uh, you know, the vocal chanting to me is is almost African in nature. Um but the the brass parts and the trumpet soloing, you know, is very um, Afro-Cuban and Puerto Rican. And uh, yeah, it's just a kind of a cool mix. So why don't we just check it out so we can see kind of what we're getting into. Good deal. Um, this is La Pie by Batacumbele. And 
we just heard La Pie by Bata Kumbele, and we're going to move on to their song Seleve. Uh, and this is, I don't know, again, a, a very upbeat, uh, again, this rich tapestry of percussion. And uh, it has this flute in it, which I love flute in this context. Yeah. Um, this flute soloist. Um, yeah, what'd you think of this one? Yeah, I, I, I like that too. I mean, it. Uh, a flute solo is not something that you know most people tend to want to throw into the mix or whatever but you know here it, it really works um there's another group that that i i thought about a little bit they're 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 kind of not really in the same vein of this band they 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 can be sometimes but there's a group called uh new york and soul um and I, I know some people may may kind of be familiar with them they're just a mix of jazz and and puerto rican or or you know, Afro-Cuban rhythms. And uh, they have a they have a song that they did called uh, Shoshana, I think, that that reminds me of this song where there, there's a flute solo in that, too. And it it just it's just an awesome break where, you know, you have these guys they are all kind of gone. You know, you, you hear the 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 conga and 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 timbale and all these other percussion instruments. And then all of a sudden this flute solo breaks out, you know, towards the middle of it. And and they just keep on grooving along you know, with that in the mix and it's just a nice touch. So, um, you know, definitely good, good music that, I mean, if you, if you want to kind of, I guess, dance or I guess salsa dancing would be the, the, the kind of dancing you would do this, this would be great music for that. Oh yeah. And I mean, I, I've loved flute in this context for a while. You know, when I was working at the record store with you, uh, back then, I discovered uh, Hubert Laws. Oh yeah, uh, the great jazz flutist. Uh, it's great stuff. Yeah. Great. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, let's check this out. This is Celeve of Batacumbele. <laughs> Oh, 
And we just heard Selevé of Batacumbele. And we're going to move on to something totally different. Uh, Bauhaus. Um, their album, In the Flat Field. Uh, when was this released? 1980? I think 81. It was, it's was. it been a while. Gosh. 80, 80. That's what the book says. Oh. 1980. Okay. Uh, so uh, this band uh, from England uh, kind of... You know, Tom Moon talks about them in the book as kind of a proto goth band. And uh, and yeah, I, I mean, you can definitely hear that. Um, I hear even other proto <laughs> proto stuff in their music that later bands, I think, kind of I wonder um, how influenced like, uh, for instance, on the first song that we're going to hear called Nerves. It has this really long introduction of just kind of noises and sonic feedback, uh, laden guitar and all this stuff. And I, I was listening to it wondering, you know, how much this band influenced bands like Sonic Youth. Yeah. You know, and that the whole sonic scene in New York. Um, I, yeah. What do you think of Nerves? Um, it's, it's like you said, just a great song where you kind of get this buildup of atmosphere and, and just, you know, cool noises and sounds that, that, you know, kind of play your senses before the, you know, the track kicks in where, where, where Peter starts to, you know, put his vocals on. I mean, I agree. They, Bauhaus very, very influential when it comes to artists that came after them. And I would say even some artists that came before them, um, you know they they definitely had had this aura, if you will, about them where they, you know, you know, just some young kids from England, you know, just you know, not very. I, I don't want to say I don't want to say negative, but you know, they had a, a sort of like a bleak outlook on on a variety of things, and that that came across on the music, you know, where. You know, they they definitely were not a, a pop group by any sense of the imagination. You know, they they had some very very dark, you know, moody sounds and 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 an appearance too. You know, almost always in black. You know, lots of makeup and you know, and I, I, there's some people who just they they just love Bauhaus and then some people who just really hate them. You know, but they definitely were unique for what they were doing at the time, where you know, no one really kind of had exactly what they had as far as their, their sound and their appearance. Yeah. And um, this record, I mean, I think in its original form, because I think they re-released it since where they, it, it's almost got twice the songs that the first album had. Um, you know, it, it, it doesn't have uh, some of their later tunes that, that were much more famous, you know, Bella Lugosi's Dead and Terra Cuppa Kill Colonel. I I know I said that crazy. But um <laughs> they um they also, I mean, to me, one one thing about them is that they they impose like, you know, other other things that as they split up, you know, you know, Peter Murphy went on to have a, a really great solo career, and then the other three guys from the band, you know, initially it was two of them that did Tones on Tail, and then you know, Love and Rockets, which I, I really, really love Love and Rockets. I mean, Bauhaus is, was great, but there, there's so much stuff that Love and Rockets did 
that I mean just just it kind of the same but 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 not quite as dark as as Bauhaus you know but um they're just one of those groups that they they always will have like I said just a just a great following I think they 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 took a lot of their influence too from uh from David Bowie uh, at times, you know, just very, oh, yeah, I can hear that very slanted and, you know, you know, our artistic scene, you know, and, 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 and the way they looked at, at times, not, not glamorous, but, you know, you know, very, 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 very artsy, I guess if that's, that's the right word. But, um, yeah, like I said, this song, I, I, I could see how Sonic Youth and, and groups like that, you know, that, that experimented with all kinds of, noise and and feedback you know could have definitely been influenced by this yeah yeah i mean it just there's there's just some interesting experimental stuff going on in this music you know like we said the the intro the sort of sonic um sparse intro and then when you get into the song uh i noticed there's this uh what i wrote down crazy piano under the main guitar riff so you got the main guitar riff going on and then it kind of low in the mix um is this piano that's just kind of very dissonant and random sounding and just kind of jumping all over the instrument and um so yeah they were doing some some really kind of experimental things with this music Um, yeah they they this album was not received very well apparently by by music critics um you know just I'm, I'm sure they, they just thought they were just kind of flaky, you know, guys that, that had no idea what they were doing. And it was just all about, you know, the way they looked rather than, you know, being about a sound. But I, I think they were very definite in, in the direction they were going. I mean, I to me, they don't really seem like someone, a, a group that had had no idea. You know, I, I, I think they definitely they definitely had talent. You know, I mean, you know, yeah. some people were trying to say they were, they were talentless, and I was like, no, there's no way. You know, they they were very talented guys. You know, but, oh yeah, but but they were doing it on. To me, they were doing it on their own terms. You know, um, they they didn't want to, you know, conform to to anything that that anybody was, you know, doing at the time. You know, they they wanted to have their own sound and look, and you know, if you appreciate it, great. If not, you know, oh well. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's just check this out, um, this first one, uh, so we can uh, you know, hear what they're all about. This is Nerves by Bauhaus.
And that was Nerves by Bauhaus. And uh, you can, you know, you can kind of hear when they were coming up in the late 70s and when all these bands, other bands were coming up at the same time that punk was so pervasive, you know, that uh, the punk movement, the punk uh, spirit and whatever. And you can definitely hear it in this music, but I, I wouldn't call them a punk band, you know, per se. You can kind of hear that, you know, in in their music, but... Um, but yeah, you know, this was when, uh, uh, the sex pistols were coming up over there. And then over here, you know, you had bands like the Ramones and the talking heads and, uh, coming up in New York and speaking of David Byrne again. And, uh, yeah, it seemed like a time of, um, I don't know, like backlash in music and experimentation in music, you know, backlash against what was going on in. Uh, popular music with disco and all that kind of stuff and yeah um and, and yeah. it was a little Post, more post-punk movement, i would i would say they were they were definitely a big part of that you know just kind of after punk broke and like you said you had all these groups that were just totally disenchanted with you know what was going on and in, in a variety of musics that were popular i yeah i, I would agree they were definitely definitely a, a a result of that, you know, so to speak. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I think this is, um, you know, recorded during one of those times, you know, one of those interesting times where a brand new movement is coming up, but it's not yet solidified into, you know, uh, uh, it's just not, they haven't figured out yet, you know, exactly what it is. And so there's just a lot of experimentation going on and you just get stuff like this that uh, normally probably wouldn't get, you know. Yeah, that the, that name uh, Bauhaus is uh, apparently it was a, a school in Germany, like a that focused on like architecture, like you know different yeah. Yeah. architecture, or radical architecture, if you will. And you know, like you said, it going back to the first tune, they they had a structure in their music that was so different, so unusual. You know, not that the the, the construction of it was done by someone who. Who had no clue, but just someone who was just trying to do something way different than than anybody else. Um, and yeah, uh, definitely, yeah. And um, this next song um, is definitely no exception. The next one we're going to listen to is "Double Dare," um, and uh, you know this song starts with I uh, you know here another. Uh, band later band that could have been influenced by this you know this this song starts with this incredibly distorted bass this um almost uh, the tone is almost this abrasive chainsaw like uh like tone and it continues you know with this uh this kind of riff um that really dominates the bass kind of dominates the song with this kind of aloof kind of 
sparse guitar in the background with these vocals that are almost speech like it, it sounds to me like proto primus hmm. <laughs> this song <laughs> um yeah what did you think of this yeah the 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 baseline of this song that that the habit is as as stark and fuzzy as it is i mean you know again going back to the the idea of the, they wanted to just totally cut through a, a lot of what they would i i would assume cut through all the BS that you were hearing and, and just do something just kind of radically kind of out there, you know, or just, just something that, that hadn't been presented before the way they'd presented it. And I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've had a lot of guys that, that, you know, would come up and, and just say, we're, you know, we're really artistic and we're really against this, that, and the other, but, you know, they, they had their own kind of spin on it. And, you know, again, like I said, they, they influenced so many, so many people in, in music and in art, you know, to and up to this day, you know, still have people who who revere them. You know, I mean, they they kind of had a a period where they got back together uh, a few years ago, you know, and, and people had been you know clamoring for them to kind of get back together, and you know, still people would you know line up, you know, to, to go see them, you know, years and years after they they'd broken up and. You know, still have a really good following, a, a really solid following of, of fans, and um, you know, I I'm kind of like you, where I I I didn't know much Bauhaus before this. I mean, I I'd heard of them and, and heard some of their more popular songs, um, but uh, definitely you know see their influence on on so many different artists, you know, especially in I guess in this genre, I guess what you'd call goth music, you know, just the way they look, the way they sound, it, it 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 still carries over to so many different artists nowadays that you see, you know, coming out where they, you know, they they seem new, and I'm like, man, you know, they Bauhaus already did that. I mean, they what you guys are doing, they they did it years ago. So <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's check it out. The second track from Bauhaus, Double Dare.
And we just heard Double Dare of Bauhaus. And we're going to move on to our last band of the day. Um, and we're going to listen to first Good Vibrations of the Beach Boys. Um, this song released in 1966 as a single. And uh, this is a, another example in Tom Moon's book of a not an album, but of a single song that he wants uh, people to hear. Um, and really, you know, I mean, he had to do that with this song. This song was not released on an album per se. It was just released as a single. Um, and, uh, I don't know, super iconic American oh yeah, pop song. Uh, you know, it's hard to imagine anybody that has not heard this song. Well, maybe if, you know, if someone's young enough, they might not have heard this song, but, um, one of the biggest pop hits in rock history really yeah yeah what what do you think Agreed. of good vibrations uh i i think it you kind of like you said you 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 hear this song and, and you you've heard it pretty much i mean i'm i'm in my 40s i mean i've 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 heard this song in and out of various stages all my life and then you you hear it and you don't really realize what what the song means as far as music history i mean that it, it really is an iconic song because the the sound that they produced on that record i mean it was you kind of take it for granted i mean you just figure oh, it's just the beach boys but you know there wasn't really a lot that that sounded exactly like that before they they kind of came around i mean the way that guitar was and the way you know those vocals mixed to where they could they could be just really, really down, down low and then really, really way up high. And, um, you know, I, I think the Beach Boys had, you know, a variety of influences that that were here and as well as overseas. And I mean, but, you know, like you said, it, it's just such a legendary song. I mean, it, it's one of those songs I can see why, you know, even if it hadn't been uh, or even if it had been included on an album, which I, I didn't know that, that the fact that this was just a single initially and, and did not have an album that, that went with it, um, it, it's it's important enough to where it could kind of be in here by itself. Um, yeah. You know, like the last couple of songs I think that we did, I mean, the House of the Rising Sun and, and Planet Rock, I mean, those those are two other songs I think they could kind of stand on their own as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this one, most, most definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, and there is this is a very storied period of the Beach Boys' career and of Brian Wilson's uh, life and career. And this is yeah. where, you know, Brian Wilson's creativity kind of flowered. It, it, you know, it's great greatest potency, I would guess. But at the same time, this is also where um, his life and his kind of mental health were also yeah. just breaking down at yeah. the same time. Um, and Good Vibrations apparently was, uh, you know, it costs the most to record of any, you know, U.S. single at that time, like by far. Um, when what happened was Brian Wilson apparently just kept bringing this musical material to all these different studios and he would record this uh, these different sections of good vibrations in little pieces 
in different sonic spaces, you know, that you thought, well, I want to record this over here because I like the sound, but I, I need to record this section over here because they have a different sound. And, you know, and he expended about 70 hours of tape, you know, for a three and a half minute song. Um, and, yeah. and uh, you know, it, it, Good Vibrations is really interesting because it goes through all these different seemingly disparate sections that are all kind of cobbled together, but it still holds together. It still sounds unified somehow, you know? Um, yeah. The going back to his, his mental state, I'm sure that the, the work ethic in a way, you know, was, it, it stemmed from a part of that, you know, where he, he probably had a, an obsession where he, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't ever going to be satisfied no matter how, how it sounded. You know, even though it, at times it, I'm pretty sure it was great. It was like, well, you know, well, we can do this and, and we can tweak this. And, you know, he, I mean, that's, that's eventually going to catch up with him. I mean, I'm sure there was something a lot deeper going on with, with him, but, um, you know, I mean, to, to just grind like that. I mean, you know, I, I was, when I was reading that, I, I didn't realize how much work he had put into that one song. Yeah. 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 You know, just it's is insane. Yeah, and and apparently it was originally intended to be released on their album Smile, which yeah. was the f- uh, intended again to be the follow up to Pet Sounds, but which never materialized because of just you know a a whole host of problems. I mean, it wasn't just Brian Wilson. Um, it was you know tension within the band because a lot of the band members didn't like the direction that Brian Wilson was taking the Beach Boys. Yeah. Um, including the main singer just was like really, really opposed uh, to that. You know, there were some fighting going on. You know, the the lead singer shouting at Brian Wilson, you know, don't F with the formula. <laughs> yeah. You know, and all this stuff. Yeah. This and that uh, sounds is definitely a departure from, from their original, yeah. you know, kind of, kind of you know surfing usa sound i mean it's it's oh you know and i i can i can see where they you know they would definitely have you know a a big difference of opinion about their direction i mean it i'm sure a lot of people thought man he's going crazy what is the matter with him you know but he he really was going in in a in a direction that influenced again influenced so many people you know with what he was trying to do what he was trying to to, to change in their music so yeah well i mean he he was kind of going crazy i mean he was um up against so much resistance you know not just externally from you know his band and from uh his record label and all that stuff but you know a lot of internal tension too coming from within himself yeah i um, think he was diagnosed with uh with schizophrenia right um, and he was you know he was doing lsd heavily yeah, and, and, and drugs didn't help yeah, yeah. um cocaine yeah 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 right i mean it was just a mess california california living yeah and um so yeah so they had recorded um a lot of pieces for this album chunks and pieces that really only brian wilson knew how he was going to put all this stuff together and when everything fell apart they just shelved this album and it became really the most famous unreleased album probably in rock history. Um, mm. And 
it was not released until 2004. They finally wow. released it. Brian Wilson got together with uh, the original lyricist um, who actually, you know, walked out of the project in like, you know, 1967. And uh, they released this album um, in 2004. So you, you can go and buy this album and listen to it um, after all that time. So, I mean, it's just, yeah. it's, it's a, a amazing kind of story. But anyway, um, yeah, Good Vibrations. You want to just, just check it out? Yeah, yeah. This, this is Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys. I, I love the colorful clothes you wear And the way the sunlight plays upon her hair listen to good vibrations by the beach boys and uh the next uh recording that we're going to talk about is uh the beach boys legendary pet sounds record and um again like like i was saying i mean just when i when i first started hearing about this record and and what what the Beach Boys had done, I mean, the, the way they kind of totally gone away from, you know, their, their happy surfing, you know, type sound and and decided to kind of go, uh, I guess, a more, uh, you know, I guess, an esoteric direction. Um, I, I wondered about, you know, again, going back to Brian Wilson in his, in his mental state, did, did that have something to do with it or was he just kind of thinking, you know, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of things going on in music and I'm just ready to try something different. Or maybe it was a little of both. Um, 
But I mean, the the I mean, I think it's a great record. I mean, a very good record, and especially for the time that it came out. Um, very, very, very unique. I, and, and you were kind of talking about Sonic Youth earlier. I think I've heard uh, Thurston Moore talk about this record as being like one of his favorite records, um, and and how that you know it's influenced him quite a bit. Um, and I, I'm sure just it's it's probably been a big influence for a lot of different people where it it was just totally unusual to come from from the Beach Boys, but but still very good. And um, I, I'm what what do you think about this record? Well, um, this record, you know, like I said on the last, I sort of mentioned this on the last, our last podcast, that uh, my dad, you know, had this original vinyl, you know, that he bought when it when it came out, and I would, uh-huh. uh, you know, so I've been hearing this record really uh, as long as I can remember. You know, when I was a kid, I would put this record on, and you know, I remember looking at the, you know, record jacket and listening to it, and. Um, of course, you know, hearing it as an adult is, is a lot different and, and knowing a, a lot of the history and a lot of what was going on with the band. Um, and just like you said, it is a, a lot more mature and uh, the subject matter, the lyrics are a little, um, you know, they're concerned with life issues. It's not just this completely carefree, let's surf, let's party music, you know, Um it's uh, soul searching music. It's growing up music. It's, uh, you know, that transition music from, from being a carefree teenager to an adult res- with uh, real responsibilities. And, uh, and I think you're right about Brian Wilson that, you know, Brian Wilson was an artist. He was, he was more than just a singer. You know, he was a composer and a ranger and all this stuff. And like many artists, you know, he felt the need to, uh, keep developing his talent. And that was, I think, the source of a lot of the friction between he and the band because the band didn't want to change. They didn't want to ruin a good thing. You know, they wanted to stick to the formula. They wanted to stick to what worked and what produced hits and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and Brian Wilson, this happens to many bands. This is a source of of the breakup of many bands, what they uh, refer to as artistic differences, right? Yeah. <laughs> where, where, yeah. where one or more of the, the members want to, you know, keep developing and, and changing and doing different things. And the other band members were like, no, we got a good thing. Let's not change it. And yeah. So. Yeah. I totally, totally agree. Just, I, I think, like you said, you know, the, the, the drive in some people to, to continue the, the so-called art form kind of supersedes everything. And then some people are like, man, this you, you're going to totally destroy what we have. We're making good money. We're, we're, we're working steady. Why would you want to do that? And, right. you know, but yeah, you're right. I mean, and it, it, it's it, it's sad, but but, you know, it's it's what has to happen, you know, and um, it, it's probably a good thing that it happened that way so that, you know, people could view it for what it is and. You know, because this this is a record that may have never been released, you know, had, say, like Brian Wilson decided, you know, well, I, I guess, uh, you know, you guys are right. And, you know, but he just, you know, was very, very, de- he seems like he was just such a determined person, you know, yeah. despite all the things that were going on inside his head and, and, and everything around him, you know, he, he had the most made up mind, you know, despite 
it being fractured at times to to go on with certain things you know yeah definitely and this i don't know this album is or their their output you know up to this point you know from their beginnings to the late 60s um is to me it's kind of like viewing how life works you know it's you know you can't stay young and carefree forever you know eventually yeah. you have to grow up and and get responsibilities and life gets complicated and that's kind of where this album fits in you know that's that's i think when that happened to them you know they they lost their youthful innocence and uh and now they are dealing with complex life, you know, and, and after this album, really, it, it didn't, it kind of fell apart after this album, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. you know, but, um, but we're going to start with this song called Wouldn't It Be Nice? Um, and uh, I, I love this song. I mean, I, I love a lot of the songs on, on here, but their vocal harmonies are just so, you were mentioning, you were talking about this, they're so unmistakable. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're so um, unique to the Beach Boys, just the way their their harmonies are voiced and just the way their voices sound together. Yeah. Um, it's unmistakable, you know, that, that it's the Beach Boys and it can't be anybody else. And uh, the instrumentation, you know, the instrumental kind of accompaniments to these songs that Brian Wilson came up with are really, uh, really, really unusual. Um you know, wouldn't it be nice starts off with, I don't even know what it is. It, it almost sounds like a guitar, like an electric guitar, but it sounds kind of out of tune. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not even sure what instrument it is. And then when the song is going on uh, in the background, you have this like accordion and you have these brass instruments, like these tubas and trombones. And um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just in, in, in this really weird guitar, like instrument. And, and with the vocal harmonies. So I can kind of imagine, you know, uh, the original Beach Boys being like, you know, because what happened was Brian Wilson wrote a lot of this stuff and laid down a lot of this uh, instrumental stuff while the Beach Boys were on tour and someone was taking his place, you know, in the touring band. They came back from tour to this and they had to, you know, add their vocal parts. And I can imagine them just going like, what the hell? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is really, really, really funny. The the way that from that perspective, especially. I, I, yeah, like you said, I'm I'm sure they were just like, you know, this guy's he's totally lost it. I mean, he's he, he's he maybe he's just so isolated now to where he, he sees this coming together a certain way and nobody else can see it. And, and, and it's just now looking back, it, it's one of the, the greatest songs ever released. I mean, you know, it's, it's one of the most recognized songs. I mean, you know, it, it gets played in commercials and, you know, you know, you go to six flags, you'll hear it. I mean, it, it's, it's just in the fabric of this country, you know, and just, it's it's amazing to to think back to, you know how this all came together. And again, like I said, it, it may not have come together had had Brian Wilson not been so sure about it, you know himself, you know, and he yeah. he definitely saw something that not everybody saw, and you know it was I'm sure it was really hard for them to get on board at first, but you know it definitely worked. It obviously worked. So yeah, and and the lyrics to this song, you know. It, it goes into 
exactly what I've been saying. You know, they say, wouldn't it be nice if we could, you know, do this and that? And it's almost like Brian Wilson saying, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we could just do all this stuff without having to worry about anything, without having the responsibility? You know, wouldn't it be nice if we could just be innocent and carefree forever? You know, yeah. it's almost like this longing sort of looking back at the way things were. But, you know, you know, they're not like that. You know what real life is now. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Just and it's simple in concept, but it's what we all do. You know, when you get caught up in the the grind, so to speak. And it's like, man, if I didn't have to do all the stuff that I do every day just to survive, just to make it, you know, I just want to get on a motorcycle and ride till I run out of road. You yeah, know, yeah. I, I don't want to have to deal with bills and bad neighbors and kids fighting and, and you know, my health and decline and da 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 da. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it's, it's a great way of 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 looking at you know the the struggles and, and and trying to put it in perspective to where you know it would be sweet if it could be you know this way rather than that and um you know I I, I think there is a there's a documentary on them uh, and I, I'm trying to remember the name of it. But I, I I really love to see it, uh, especially where where it comes to to talking about Brian Wilson. He's just he's one of those guys. I guess he's a polarizing figure, as they say, where he he's got all kinds of stuff that that's going on with him even today. Um, and then with his his kids, you know, you know, kind of being famous also, and and just he's he's got all kinds of stuff going on. He he's an interesting guy to me. He I, I really really curious about Brian Wilson's life. I mean, I. What I know is is I know some, but I, I'm sure there's a lot more than than what I know. I would like to definitely study up on him more than I have. Yeah. So his who are his kids? I wanna say that his daughter is Carney Wilson. Um if I remember correctly, yeah. Uh, oh and, from uh, uh, she was Wilson one of the girls Phillips. in Wilson Phillips. Okay, I, uh, I didn't also, know uh, that was his daughter. Okay. Yeah. She also has a been on a couple of TV shows and I think she's she's had obviously I think she's had issues with um with her weight where she she kind of did a show um where she talks about uh the surgery she got or anyway I don't I don't want to get sidetracked but yeah he <laughs> yeah his 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 daughter is Carney Wilson she's you know she's sort of she's sort of semi famous yeah, yeah, yeah. you know but um yeah, like I said, just uh, he's got all all kinds of stuff that that he, I'm sure, has been through, and 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 still probably dealing with you know mental health stuff. And anyway, um, yeah, yeah. Well, let's yeah, let's do this. Let's uh, let's listen to the song. So this is "Wouldn't It Be Nice" by the Beach Boys. Better when we can say goodnight and stay together. 
just heard Wouldn't It Be Nice by the Beach Boys. And by the way, and I, I keep, for some reason this week, I keep forgetting to do this. We're talking about their album Pet Sounds, released in 1966. And uh, the next track we're going to play, the last track for this week's show, is God Only Knows. Um, and uh, I've always loved this song. Um, uh, you know, I just, I love the vocals of this song, I love the vocal lines. Um, it's again, you know, it's got some unusual instrumentation. It's got this introduction, uh, with, uh, this, uh, French horn line, um, you know, French horn, not something you really hear that much in pop music. Um, and I just, you know, one of the things I think is interesting about the production of this album, which Brian Wilson did, you know, the instrumental accompaniments are, it's it's not always easy to determine what all is playing because sometimes it's it's sort of far in the background and sometimes it's mixed in such a way that it creates this kind of aggregate sound but it's it's kind of difficult it's it's a little blurry if that makes sense you know it's a little difficult sometimes to determine what all is playing you know in the background mm-hmm. um but it you know it creates this distinctive sound for this this whole record you know um and what do you think of god only knows uh something that i, I was reading about and this is something i didn't realize apparently this is one of the first i guess what you i guess you would call commercial pop songs to use god in the title which i, oh, I really? find it very hard to believe um but apparently that's that's the case uh you know, I guess it was just one of those things that, you know, it was it was almost off limits to put God in the title of a pop song. You know, huh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, and I, I didn't either until until just recently. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I agree with you. This the 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 structure of this song is 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 very, very unusual. Um, and they, there is a lot going on. Like you said, you you hear French horn. I think you hear harpsichord. Um and just the the way the the vocal harmonies mix, um, really really good song. I I think if I'm looking at this right, this was the B side to "Wouldn't It Be Nice." Um, oh, was it okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> looking at, I think this was the B side to that song. So yeah, it's and that's 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 cool when that happens. When you have, when, I mean, I used to buy 45s. You know, I'm I'm sure you probably bought a 45 or two. Maybe maybe not. I don't know. Um, oh yeah, you know, I was a. Uh... Uh, you know, a music hipster back in the day, you know, and if you're a music hipster, you have to buy seven inch records. Yeah. You can't, yeah. you and cannot not be a music hipster and not buy seven inch records. You have to have them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was one of those things where if you bought one and the, the B side was just as good, if not better than the A side, you feel like, you know, Hey, score, you know, <laughs> cause most of the time B sides, they were usually throwaway songs. Um, but that's not the case here, and uh, that that's always fun when that happens. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny then that that <laughs> that we chose these two tunes. Yeah, you know, it kind of worked <laughs> out that way. But um, yeah, let's let's check this out. Uh, the last track from the Beach Boys, "Pet Sounds." God only knows.
of you But long as there are stars above you You never need to doubt it I'll make you so sure about it God only knows what I'd be without you If you should ever leave me Oh, life would still go on, believe me The world could show nothing to me So what good would living do me? God only knows what I'd be without you just heard God Only Knows from the Beach Boys, and that's going to do it for this week, episode number 12 of the 1000 Recordings Podcast. If you'd like to send us an email, send one to 1000recordingspodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to join us on Twitter, our Twitter account is twitter.com slash 1000rp. Um, I need to do a better job at, at doing Twitter. I'm, I'm fine with everything else. Twitter is still something that... Uh, I haven't been able to do on a regular basis. I don't know what it is about Twitter that I haven't yeah. been able to really get into, but I don't know. I, to, I need to do better on the Twitter that, that's, account. That's good. That's a good subject to bring up. I, I, I kind of used to do Twitter a lot more than I, I did Facebook. Now it's the reverse where I, I barely touch my own personal Twitter account. And I, I was looking at, at the 1000 recordings Twitter account. And I was like, yeah, I agree with you. We, we, we need to work on that because it, there's a lot of opportunity with with that i mean you know especially when it just comes to just talking directly with people you know on the fly so yeah um, yeah definitely um so yeah we will uh, try to do a little bit better with that account and um, you can join us on facebook uh, which we do a better job at updating <laughs> yeah and uh you can look at our website at 1000rp.blogspot.com um and this week we got another five-star review on iTunes that we're going to read. Did you want to read this or do you want me to read it? Oh, no, you go, you go right ahead. I, I go ahead, please. Okay. So this week we got a five-star review from Dan Unger. He says, after reading the Tom Moon book, I had the idea of listening to these recordings myself, but the time and expense of acquiring all of them put me off that project. This podcast uh, brings not just samples from each album, but also enlightened commentary much recommended. So thanks, Dan. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so if you would like to go and leave us a review on iTunes, that it's going to help us greatly and we will uh, read it on the show. Uh, you can go to iTunes and do that and leave us a rating and a, uh, a review. And uh, yeah, um, next week, what do we got coming up next week? Uh, jazz guitarist, Billy Bean, um, 
not not as familiar with him. Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys. I cannot wait. That's a, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh-huh. Um, and three really, really big albums uh, from the Beatles. Uh, Hard Day's Night, Rubber Soul, which uh, apparently Pet Sounds was some of that was influenced by that that record, and uh, Revolver by the Beatles. Awesome, yeah. The next two shows are going to be very Beatles heavy. There's uh, oh, yeah. there's six albums of the Beatles in this book, so there's going to be three albums next week and three albums the following week. Um, so if you like the Beatles. You know, stay tuned for that. I'm looking forward also to the Beastie Boys, talking about the Beastie Boys, Paul's Boutique. Um, they were the the Beastie Boys were the first concert I ever went to. In, oh, in, really? In eight, yeah, when I was in eighth grade, I went to the License to Ill concert at the, uh, at the Summit in Houston. That was yeah, my very first was, concert. Wasn't wasn't that with, uh, was that with Run DMC? No, it was with, and I can't remember the, their name, but it was with a group of they were young um they were like kids uh and they were opening um man and you know they were very short-lived they had like one hit during around that time and i cannot remember their name <laughs> um anyway yeah yeah that definitely a good good live show um uh the unicorn i don't know if you remember the unicorn yeah we've talked about that on the show oh yeah the 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 rock and roll supermarket. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I saw the Beastie Boys there uh, when they were touring for uh, for Check Your Head, and uh, it was just insane. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, just that they're, they're just, they're an interesting group to, to discuss. I, I can't wait for that the next year, next week where they, the license to ill days and, and then everything after that where they kind of, kind of reinvented themselves, so to speak. Uh, but, uh, and and funny that you know the Beatles also too the Paul's Boutique has has some definite Beatles influence on it if you if you listen to it you know they 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 sample quite a bit from uh from uh, I'm I'm pretty sure from uh, Sgt. Pepper's and a couple other records but uh yeah it's gonna be fun next week yeah yeah definitely all right well uh, you have anything else to mention before we go this week no just uh it's been fun uh. Great exposure to some artists that I kind of knew, and then some that I knew not at all. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely looking forward to next week. Yeah, yeah. I particularly like the some of the Valdemar Basto stuff that we heard. You know that. So that was a that was a cool discovery. Oh yeah, um, for me. But um, yeah. So until next week, everybody, um, keep listening to music. Keep uh, keep reading Tom Moon's book. <laughs> if you don't have Tom Moon's book, you know, you should go out and get it. Um, definitely. And, um, our website hey, it, it, has, you know, what? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. You know, I, I think did, Tom Moon made a mention of us in his blog. Did he not? Oh, that's right. Yeah. He wrote uh, recently wrote a nice blog about the podcast. So that was really yeah, nice of him. Yeah. Thank you very much, Mr. Moon. We appreciate that. That's, that was very nice. Very kind of you. Yeah. Yeah. It was great to see. Um, so yeah, we really appreciated that. And uh, like I said, if you don't have Tom Moon's book already, uh, we have a link to it on our website, uh, 1000rp.blogspot.com. And as always, we have links to all the albums that we listen to. Uh, so if you like something, you know, you can go to our website and click on the link and uh, buy uh, either download the MP3s or buy the albums. And uh, yeah, until next week, 
I'll see you all later. All right. Bye, guys. See you next week.